Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I'm the founder of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-Step Recovery Fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any of them either. My hope is that you will find my words helpful in some way, whether you're in recovery or not. This is episode 76, Reducing Emotional Pain. Emotional pain sucks. Sometimes it's even worse than physical pain. Recovery has taught me how to reduce my emotional pain, and I mean that both in terms of the amount of pain and the frequency with which I have emotional pain. I have suffered from episodes of depression a number of times. I was eventually diagnosed with episodic depression. I don't have chronic depression. There have been times when I could barely get out of bed. I can't even believe I was able to keep my job. I'd be like, yeah, I think I can go four days without showering. And I'd say things like, dry shampoo is my best friend. Another piece of evidence of my depression is that I only have one houseplant that I've had my whole adult life that has survived all of my bouts of depression. I've killed at least a couple of different rounds of houseplants in my life because I just didn't give a shit. I was so emotionally distraught, I couldn't even take care of my myself, never mind a bunch of plants. I've also had the regular emotional pain that people who aren't depressed experience, like heartbreak. I've been in quite a number of relationships, and as you've heard me say before, none of them were healthy, until the one I'm in now, that is. So there was a lot of pain involved in those relationships. And then, of course, there was lots of pain from all the breakups. I have also grieved the death of my younger brother, Pat, when he was only 35. I became undone when he died. I was just absolutely devastated. And I've also grieved the death of my mom. So I get emotional pain, believe me. I've learned from recovery that there was a lot that I was doing that made my pain worse and that made it last longer. I'm going to shift now for a few moments to talk about how our brains work because recovery has taught me that how my brain works matters and understanding how it works is really helpful when you're trying to create a better life. I knew some of this stuff from college, but recovery has really helped me to understand it and to apply what I've learned. So here goes. When we're stressed out, which includes when we're in emotional pain, our frontal lobe gets cut off. The frontal lobe is what some refer to as the thinking brain or the human brain. When we go into fight or flight mode and we're unable to think clearly, it's because our frontal lobe is temporarily inaccessible to us. This helped me to understand why I can't think when I'm really upset. That frontal lobe getting cut off when we're in fight or flight mode is a mechanism of safety for us because when we're in fight or flight mode, we don't need to think, we need to act. We need to either flee 
or fight. And we can't do that if we're busy thinking. So it's a safety mechanism. The way this knowledge has helped my recovery is that now I understand the importance of making as many decisions as I can using my frontal lobe if I want to have a good life that is different from the life I had before. So for me, that means making as many decisions ahead of time as I can. I'll be better off than if I make decisions in the moment because once I get into fight or flight mode, I can't think. But if I've already made a decision ahead of time, I don't have to think. I just have to act on that prior decision. That means my frontal lobe, my human brain, is making the decisions about how my life is going to run. I can become an actor rather than a reactor in my life. This is why the concept of acting as if that we learn in recovery is so powerful. We're starting to live our lives using our human brains rather than from the dysfunctional programming we've had from being addictive, compulsive, and obsessive, which comes out of our lizard brain. Making some decisions ahead of time reduces emotional pain. So here's what that might look like. When you're doing okay, when you're fine, you ask yourself, when I'm feeling really upset, what are three things I can do to take care of myself? Write those things down and make sure at least one of them is something that you can do immediately. For me, the quick thing is always a positive statement. I have a note full of affirmations on my phone and I can just open that up and look at those. I also have a few photos on my phone saved as favorites that make me really happy when I look at them. Another thing you might do is engage your senses. This is helpful because when we engage our senses, it brings us into the present moment. To do that, you can touch something that's hard or soft or hot or cold, smell something like a cinnamon stick or a scented candle, or smell your armpit if you have to. Just get yourself into the present moment. You could listen to see what's the farthest thing away I can hear or look to see what is the farthest thing I can focus on. Put a piece of gum in your mouth, whatever you need to do to engage your senses, to get yourself into the present moment. Personally, I like affirmations because it's my mind where all the crap happens and that's where the affirmations go. You could also take three deep breaths which tells your body, I am calm. You could connect with your higher power and say a prayer. If there's anything that I've just named that appeals to you that you might do for yourself when you're upset, how about if you put a pause on this podcast right this moment and then write that thing down or make a note in your phone? Then you'll have these things to refer to when you're upset and you won't have to think about what to do because you've decided ahead of time using your frontal lobe. This is how I'm going to take care of myself. Moving on. Now I'm going to go into some of the things that I did that either prolonged or increased my pain to illustrate things you could do or stop doing to reduce your own emotional pain. 
One was what I will call wallowing in the pain. That means I would indulge in thinking the same thoughts that gave me pain over and over and over again. So maybe it was something like, I'll never find love. This actually continued the cycle of fight or flight in my brain and body rather than getting me out of it. I didn't realize when I was doing it that it was an option, that it was a choice I was making to replay these thoughts. Recovery helped me to see that much of my behavior before recovery was actually a choice, even though it didn't feel like a choice. If you are thinking a thought like, I will never find love over and over and over again, and it is causing you pain, I'm here to tell you that you can stop thinking that thought. And that thought is increasing your pain. Another thing I'd do is replay painful incidents over and over in my head. Let's say somebody said something really hurtful to me. I would replay that episode in my head over and over and over. It was almost as if I thought, well, if I replay it enough times, maybe it'll have a different outcome. Doing that also reinforced for me what an asshole they were and that they were the source of all my problems. I couldn't see that what I was doing was wounding myself over and over again. It's bad enough that they wounded me by saying that mean thing, but now I'm hearing them say it to me over and over and over again. In addition, that thinking about what an asshole they were kept me in victim mentality. Guess what? I have a podcast on that too. It's episode three. Check it out. It's one of my most popular ones. Dear one, you don't have to do that to yourself. You don't have to replay that episode in your head. You were only meant to experience it once. So stop replaying it. It was really surprising for me to learn that that was a choice, that I didn't have to do it that way. When I did things like this, it increased my pain. It was so familiar that in a way it was comfortable, not comforting, but comfortable. If that distinction between comfortable and comforting is something you'd like to explore, episode 44 covers that. You might want to give that a listen. But I was so familiar with these patterns of replaying negative episodes or replaying negative thoughts about what painful incidents meant, like, I'll never find love, that I just kept doing it. I was kind of comfortable with pain, to be honest with you. It was like an old friend who I just kept around because they'd always been there, not because I really wanted them to stick around. If you are doing these things to yourself, stop. Stop it. I know it's not that easy to just stop a thinking pattern you've done your whole life. So here's a suggestion to get you started. Sometime when you're not upset, think of a thought that's either neutral or good to replace the shitty thought with and write it down in the same place you wrote that other thing. If you didn't stop the podcast a few moments ago, 
to write down the other things. How about if you pause it right now, write down those things and write down this new thought. I'll wait. Okay, got your new thought written down? Make sure that you carry it around with you. When the shitty thought comes up, look at that note and think that thought. This works for a couple of reasons. One is that we're making use of our frontal lobe, our thinking brain, when we come up with that thought ahead of time. And two is you can't access that frontal lobe when you're upset. So if you refer to the thought you wrote down, you're sort of jumping out of your lizard brain, which breaks the pattern you've been using for years. When we think a thought repeatedly for years on end, it's almost like we've worn a groove in our minds. And in order to leap out of the groove, we need a boost. And that boost can come from our thinking brain. You will be astonished at how much it will reduce your pain when you replace your shitty thoughts with good ones. You'll need to keep saying the new thought until you can get away from that subject matter altogether in your brain. And this will help you do that. Using the example above where I might have thought, I'll never find love. Instead, I might think something like, I will find love someday or I am lovable right now. As a reminder, you don't have to actually believe that new thought in the beginning. Just fucking say it. You don't have to believe it. I talk about why it is that you don't have to believe it in my episode on affirming ourselves, which is episode five, if you want to check it out. Here's another example of how I used to handle things. It used to be that if I said, I love you to somebody and they didn't say it back immediately, I would make it mean, that's it. They don't love me anymore. It's over. Regardless of how much they'd shown me that they loved me. Now I say, I love you to someone uh, as a true expression of how I feel. And I'm not looking for anything in return. And I'm perfectly fine with them not saying it back to me, especially if they have been showing me through their actions that they actually do love me. So be on the lookout for you making things mean things. If you're anything like I was before recovery, then one of your strategies for reducing pain is beating yourself up for being in pain or reinforcing your pain through some other form of negativity. On some level, you believe that this will get you to toe the line or that maybe you can punish yourself into better behavior, but you're fooling yourself if you think that negative self-talk will get you to have less pain or a better life, a better self, a better emotional life. You may think that you're aiming at the goal of better, But what you're doing in your mind is actually aiming for the goal of worse. You want some evidence that that's true? The quality of your life right now. If you're constantly dwelling on how shitty you feel or how shitty you are and your life isn't getting any better, you're hitting the goal you're aiming at, even if it's subconscious. Subconscious, yes which is to make things worse. That's because we hit what we aim at. 
Recovery taught me that what is going on in my head is of the utmost importance. If I am telling myself the same thing all day long, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, it has an enormous impact. Another thing we can do that is exceedingly important in reducing our emotional pain is express our pain. Recovery taught me that I had been holding my difficult feelings in. I may have expressed them when I was alone, but I wouldn't do that until they were completely bottled up. Then I would explode and cry and cry and cry and cry. Recovery taught me that expressing my feelings is exceedingly important. The thing that we do to repress our feelings is actually worse than feeling the feelings. We're afraid of our feelings and we push them down. It's almost like we're pushing a beach ball down underneath the surface of the water. It's eventually going to pop up and it will pop up much higher than it ever would have had we let it just come to the surface on its own. I've also learned that not just expressing my feelings is important, but expressing them in the presence of a safe person somehow does something magical. The first time I learned this was with grief. It was almost as if hugging the person when I was crying with grief sucked the grief out of me. I don't know how to explain it. Being witnessed when we're in pain is so powerful. And I think it's because we are wired for connection. We're obsessive and compulsive in isolation, but we heal in community. And I don't think it's any accident that 12-step recovery is a group process. People in recovery are super good at isolating, but if isolating could help us reduce our emotional pain, it would have by now. What I'm trying to teach you here is some new perspectives. And I don't know about you, but when I get a new perspective, I've seen that there's at least one other possible way of looking at something than the way I've been looking at it. That opens up my my mind to the idea that if there's one more possibility, there may be an infinite number of other possibilities of ways of looking at this situation. And I might be wrong. And what I learned now is that it was often my wrong ideas that kept me trapped in emotional pain. To reduce our emotional pain, we have to take care of ourselves. Recovery taught me that self-care is really important. And it doesn't just mean taking baths and going to the spa. It means being good and kind to yourself. Recovery is not about never being in pain. It's about being there for ourselves when we're in pain and learning to do things to soothe ourselves instead of making it worse, which is what I always used to do. If we take care of ourselves on a consistent pain, we will reduce our pain. Being consistent is the opposite of being chaotic, which is what addictive, compulsive, obsessive life is like. It's chaos. So we need to learn to clean up what's going on in our minds, to say good and positive things to ourselves, treat ourselves well and take good care of ourselves, connect with other human beings, 
All of these things will help you reduce your emotional pain. May it be so. That's it for today. Please share this episode with anyone who might find it helpful. If you like what you've heard here, you might be interested in private coaching with me. If that sounds like you, then head on over to barbchat.net where you can get on my calendar for a free 20-minute consultation to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep, lasting changes in my life. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change, but I'll coach anyone who wants to be happy, joyous, and free. So if that's you, then go to barbchat.net and get on my calendar. I'd love to chat with you. Please like and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. This helps other people find me. Thanks for listening.